You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, kitties, and welcome to my world. I would come over and say hello to you, but it's just as easy for you to come to me. Yes, yes, come in. You've come to the right place. This is where you'll learn everything there is to know about your furry feline friends. I'm talking about cats. Yes, I know. We are positively perfect pets. What do you mean I have attitude? Why, of course I do. I'm a cat. It's called Catitude. As I was saying, this show is all about cats. Cats and... Oh, yes, uh, cats. So let me introduce you to my accomplice, I mean assistant and host of Catitude, Tom Doc. Okay, Tom, tell them how wonderful we cats are. It's okay, you have my permission. Welcome to Catitude on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Tom Doc, and I want to thank you all for joining us today. This is our inaugural show, and we're going to be kicking things off by talking about my favorite breed of cat, and that would be the Siamese cat. I know a lot of you out there love the Siamese as well. The Cat Fanciers Association ranks the Siamese as number six in popularity. That was as of 2006. And certainly we know that's down from the heyday of the Siamese back in the 50s and 60s, but still a very popular cat across the United States states and probably one of the most recognizable cat breeds throughout the whole world. So we're going to focus on Siamese today, talk about their history, why they are the way that they are, and just give you a great in-depth look into this wonderful breed of cat. After we take our mid-break during our half hour, we are going to talk about zoonotic diseases. Now these are diseases that you can pick up from your cat. And so we'll talk about ways that you can keep yourself, your family, and of course your cat healthy and happy. We need to take a short break right now to talk with our sponsors, but before we do, I want to give you guys a trivia question, something to think about during the break. Go back to your childhood. Remember the movie Lady and the Tramp from Disney? What a great movie. There were two cats in that movie that came to live with Lady. Their names were Sai and Am, and of course they were Siamese cats. And they really, I think, they depict what most people think of as Siamese. Always getting into things, being very vocal, um, even somewhat arrogant, I guess. But there was a song that they sang when they first arrived, and we know it as the Siamese cat song. What I want to know is, who sang that song in the original movie? Think about that, and we'll have the answer for you when we come back right after these messages. Ooh, do I hear a can being opened? I believe I smell tuna. Catitude will return after these messages. That should give me enough time to investigate what's going on in the kitchen. Don't have a hissy fit. We'll be right back. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Luckily, there's World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that promises less mess with less litter. Only World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to quickly trap odors in tight clumps. And quick clumping means you never have to chisel or scrape the box. Less cleanup with less wasted litter? That's a litter bit amazing. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
How dare they open a can of tuna and make a sandwich out of it? I can see why some of my celebrity pals prefer lasagna. Well, anyway, I did manage to grab myself the canary while I was in there. Quiet, bird. We're going to hear the rest of my show, Catitude. If you behave, I may not eat you. Until later. Hmm. Okay, Tom, you may continue. Okay, welcome back to Catitude. Now, did you get the answer to the trivia question? Who was the original singer of the Siamese cat song in the movie Lady and the Tramp? The answer is Peggy Lee. Peggy Lee also brought us great songs like That's Why the Lady is a Tramp and Fever. And what's interesting is she did both voices of Psy and Am. And I think she did an absolutely wonderful job. Interesting thing, though, I was looking for the Siamese Cat song online, and I actually found a website where there were there were reggae versions and rap versions of and hip hop versions of the Siamese Cat song. So I thought that was um, pretty amusing. But we're not talking about songs today. We're talking about the Siamese Cat. Now, the Siamese, as you probably realize, originated in Siam, which is now Thailand, and in their language. The Siamese cat is known as Wishan Mat, and that means moon diamond in the Thai dialect. And to many people, the Siamese cat is really the ultimate in feline beauty. Let me read you a quote from the Cat Fanciers Association. A striking contrasting color pattern on an elegant frame, all made dramatic by dark blue eyes, capturing the imagination of cat lovers the world over. I really, I couldn't find a better quote than that. That really describes Siamese almost to a T. Now, Siamese are one of our older cat breeds, and manuscripts that were kept back in the 14th century, around the year 1350, actually describe Siamese. This is a set of manuscripts that has survived, known as the Cat Book Poems, and they describe the pale-bodied, dark-pointed cats that were running around Siam at the time. Now, I know some of you are out there saying, well, how can Siamese be an old breed, then, if it's only about 700 years old and some of you are probably people who have had dogs as well we've been breeding dogs for literally thousands of years Um, it's been estimated now and our best evidence shows that we domesticated the dog back about 13,000 years ago now our cats have only been domesticated for roughly about 4,000 years and also our dogs were bred specifically to do certain purposes whether it was guarding the sheep whether it was chasing badgers or maybe pulling a cart our dogs all developed into the breeds that we know today over thousands of years but that hasn't been the case with cats most of our cat breeds actually have shown up just within the last 100, 150, maybe 200 years. It was really the 19th and 20th centuries that saw just the proliferation of cat breeds out there. So when we talk about Siamese being an older breed, 700 years actually is is quite an older breed when you're talking about cats. These Siamese cats were originally thought to be kept by the priests and the royalty and the royal family of Siam. And some of the myths that go along with Siamese go back to those days when they were used as temple guards, if you will, for some of the valuables in the temples. And the myth is that Siamese cats have kinked tails because they were supposed to guard these valuable vases, and they would walk up to the vase and they would curl their tail around it, thus kinking it, and stare at it so hard that they would cross their eyes. And again, that was another 
myth about Siamese cats is that they had crossed eyes. And although the, there were a lot of cats with crossed eyes, it, it was actually genetic in basis. And we're going to actually talk about that here very shortly. Now, the Siamese cats actually first came to the Western world in about the late 1800s, um, came to the United States and to England, and to many who were not used to seeing this color pattern, uh, I found a quote that actually said that they were viewed as an unnatural nightmare kind of cat. Well, certainly something happened because they won the hearts and, and the loyalty of many people and became very popular very quickly. Before we talk about their popularity, let's talk a little bit about how Siamese cats look the way that they do. Siamese cats are actually part albino, believe it or not. There is um, an enzyme involved in the pigment production of the hair coat. Now, all of us, all mammals that have hair, are going to produce pigments. So that's why you know some of us are redheads, there's blondes, and of course you think about the dogs being black and red, and all the different cat colors out there. Well, this enzyme in Siamese has a mutation in it that it does not work at normal body temperatures, only at cooler temperatures. And so what happens is you get a lessening of pigment production across the body of the cat, which is normal body temperature, but at the extremities, like the feet, the ears, the nose, and the tail, where the body temperature is cooler, it produces more pigment. So you get a darkening at the points. The first Siamese cats that came over were seal points, which is a black color, a black pigment at the points. And so they had black ears, black noses, black tails. And there were a lot of other mutations that were showing up in the show ring, but judges were just tossing them out, saying, no, these cats can't be shown. We now see those mutations um, as specific color points. There's the seal, of course, which is the black, which we've already mentioned. Chocolate points, which are a brown color. Blues, which are kind of a gray, and it's actually a dilution of the seal point. You go from a black to a gray. And then lilacs, which is a dilution of the chocolate point. And these lilacs almost look like they're frost colored. Absolutely gorgeous cats. And there's a little bit of controversy over these colors as well. Here in the United States, the Cat Fanciers Association says if you're a Siamese cat, you can only be these four colors, seal, chocolate, blue, or lilac color points. If you're any other color, if you have red on your points, tabby, whatever, then you are, you are known as a color point short hair. Now in England, those other colors can be shown as Siamese. And so you'll see Siamese over in England and in Europe that have flame points. Kind of, they've got red at the um, extremities. Torty points, lynx points. I even read recently about a silver tabby point. So really, any color that you can find in any other cat can be shown as a pointed Siamese over in England. These cats will darken with age. Their bodies will get darker as they get older. So if you have a blue point or a seal point and you're thinking about showing them, really best to try to get them shown early when they're a year or two years old because otherwise their body's going to darken up and they're, they're not going to win any points from the judges. We've talked about the blue eyes of Siamese cats. That's one of their most distinctive features. We've been lucky that we have bred out the cross-eyed nature Interestingly enough, the cross eyes are linked to the color points. When you breed for 
getting those color points like a seal or a chocolate, then there was a gene that came along for the ride that caused these crossed eyes. Now luckily, we've had some great breeders in Siamese backgrounds that have gotten rid of the crossed eyes, also gotten rid of the kink tails, and so you won't see those in the show rings anymore. Our final controversy over the bodies of Siamese is to talk about the body types themselves. In England, they prefer a thicker-bodied cat with more of a round head, while here in the States, we prefer more of a long, angular type of cat. In fact, um, if you talk about or read what the Cat Fanciers Association has to say, they actually say that the original Siamese cats were very lean and angular, had more of a um, wedge-shaped head with very wide-set ears. And they talk about in the 50s and 60s, actually right after World War II, where the popularity of the Siamese was soaring so much that there was a lot of very bad breeding going on. And we see that happening a lot with people who are just unscrupulous. They decide to breed for profit. Um, in dogs, it happens all the time. Whatever the most popular dog is in the movies that year is going to be a popular dog breed. Now, the American public obviously loved the Siamese cat, and so there was an overall quality suffering because of the supply. People were just breeding and breeding and breeding, a lot of indiscriminate breeding going on, and as the um, Cat Fanciers Association says, cats with heavy boning, round heads, and washed-out blue eyes began to appear in increasing numbers, a sure sign of mixed ancestry. I don't know that I agree with the Cat Fanciers Association so much, because I'm on wikipedia.org right now. I typed in Siamese cat, and I'm looking at a picture of the first British Siamese champion in 1898. And here's a cat that has got a round head and pretty thick body compared to the very long and lean bodies that we see in the show Siamese right now here in the United States. So there's a little bit of controversy going on with that. You've got the old-style Siamese, or apple heads as they're called. In fact, over in England, they're actually showing them as Thai cats instead of Siamese now. And then you've got our show Siamese, which are the very lean cats, the tubular-looking cats with the big Roman noses and wedge-shaped heads. Whether you like the old-style or the show style of Siamese, everybody loves the Siamese personality. When people talk about Siamese and they use adjectives, there's almost always the word extra in front of that adjective. So it's extraordinary, extra vocal, extra demanding, extra curious. Um, they get into so much trouble because of what they do. And believe it or not, the personality of these cats probably comes straight from their coloring, which is it's kind of an interesting phenomenon if you really think about it. But let's talk about their coloring for a second and how that can affect their personality. If you're a Siamese cat and you've got this pale body and these dark points, you're going to stand out and you're not going to be able to be camouflaged very well. So that's going to hurt you in two ways. One, if something's hunting you, you can't hide as well. And two, if you're hunting something, you're going to stand out and your prey is going to see you more easily. So you're not going to survive as well. Normally, natural selection would take care of that. Natural selection would go ahead and weed out that type of deformity, really. I mean, it's not a deformity to us, but it would be in the natural world. So Siamese have really come to be very dependent on people because we are selecting 
for them. And this has obviously been happening for several hundred years because remember, the Siamese cat were actually depicted way back in the 1350s. Also, their vocalizations, I think, goes along with them being very dependent on us. For most cats, they vocalize in a range that is above our hearing, so it's the ultrasonic range. And if you hear a mama cat talking to her kittens, a lot of times you'll hear a chirping going on. Well, that chirping is only part of what she's saying when she's talking with her kittens. Most of the rest of it's happening well beyond what we can hear. But for Siamese, they have chosen to bring their vocalizations back into the range that humans can hear. And again, this makes sense. If you're trying to get food or attention or something, you can't talk in an ultrasonic range and expect us mere humans to hear you. So you're going to have to bring your vocalizations down. So that's why I think that Siamese cats are perceived to be more talkative. And I think it's simply because they talk in a range that we can hear a lot better. But Siamese cats are certainly cats that love to be in your lap. They love the affection. Um, they love to get into your newspaper, into the bed. I know my Siamese cats have always loved sleeping right at the top of the bed, right on my pillow, right next to me. And for a lot of Siamese cat owners, they have to almost treat them like babies and start getting those little child protective locks for the drawers and uh, lazy Susans and things like that because a Siamese cat will certainly get into it. One wonderful thing about Siamese is that they don't need a lot of grooming. We are very lucky, um, us Siamese lovers, in that if we brush our cats a couple times a week, we're going to reduce a lot of that shedding, and they're going to look very, very good. And plus, it's time that they want to spend with us anyway. Well, we're at about a time that we need to take a break. When we come back, we'll finish up talking about the Siamese, and then we'd like to spend a little bit of time talking with you about zoonotic diseases, things that you can catch from your pet, and how you can prevent that. So stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Ooh, do I hear a can being opened? I believe I smell tuna. Catitude will return after these messages. That should give me enough time to investigate what's going on in the kitchen. Don't have a hissy fit. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. How dare they open a can of tuna and make a sandwich out of it? I can see why some of my celebrity pals prefer lasagna. Well, anyway, I did manage to grab myself the canary while I was in there. Quiet, bird. We're going to hear the rest of my show, Catitude. If you behave, I may not eat you until later. Hmm. Okay, Tom, you may continue. 
Okay, welcome back to Catitude. We're finishing up our discussion on Siamese cats, and we've gotten through history and their personality and some of their grooming needs. I want to talk a little bit about their health concerns, and luckily for Siamese cats, they don't have a lot of hereditary or congenital problems that we see real often. There is an eye problem that they have. It's called pendular nystagmus, where actually the retina in the back of the eye seems to rotate a little bit and move. And what will happen is you'll look at the cat in the eye and you'll see movement, but you're not really sure you see it. Um, Not really a problem for the cat, believe it or not. They may squint a little bit to kind of firm up their vision, but other than that, they do pretty well. There are some neuromuscular problems like muscular dystrophy in cats, and excuse me, in our Siamese cats, and they are prone to a certain type of cancer known as an adenocarcinoma. Um, but again, good breeding practices and buying your Siamese cat from a reputable breeder will help to make sure that you diminish um, any of the potentials for having a cat with a health concern. It's been said that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and certainly our Siamese cats have been flattered quite a bit. There are a lot of breeds that are related to Siamese and that Siamese factor very heavily in the development of. One of the breeds is the Balinese, and a Balinese is simply a long-haired Siamese. Long-haired in cats is a simple recessive gene, and for a Balinese, um, if If you've got long hair and you're a seal point, then you are a Balinese. Um, If you're a long-haired Siamese, basically. Again, the same thing. The Balinese has the same four colors. Seal, blue, chocolate, and lilac. And then, of course, in other registries across the world, some of the other colors, like the red points and stuff, will show up as Balinese as well. The Siamese were very instrumental in developing the Himalayan cat. Now, Himalayans are actually Persians, and the Persian figures much more strongly in their background, but obviously they've got the color points from their Siamese. In the United States, again, Himalayans are shown as Persians. Over in Europe, it is not shown so much. I think they show them in their own class um, as a Himalayan class, and you can get a lot of different colorings there too because of the variety of Persians. There's an old obsolete term known as a color point long-haired or Javanese. Really don't see that happening with cats very much anymore. You don't hear about Javanese being shown. Here in the United States, we would call them color point long hairs. Those are the Balinese that are an odd color, that are not the chocolate seal, blue, or lilac. The Burmese cat, this is a breed of cats that all descended from one specific cat. The cat's name was Wong Mao, and this was a cat that was found in Burma in 1930, and she was brought to San Francisco and bred with Siamese. Now, the Siamese has been very instrumental in maintaining this breed, but really the Burmese have have gone their own way at this point in time. Aussie cats are developed from mixing Siamese and Abyssinians. Snowshoes are Siamese and American short-haired crosses. Tonkinese is what happens when you go back now and you take the Burmese that we just talked about and you cross it with a Siamese. Um, So they are pointed cats. They've got dark points, but they've also got a dark body. And finally, there may be a development going on right now with, you know, are we going to split the Siamese from the show Siamese that we see here in the States and the old style Siamese or Thai cats that are being shown over in Europe. So it's kind of an interesting time for Siamese cat lovers. Now, there's been a lot of famous Siamese. We've already talked about Sai and Am from Lady and the Tramp. But also on TV, you might see Kit from Charmed if you watch the um, 
I think it's on the CW network. The three sisters who are witches, they've got this little familiar, and his name is Kit. And there's been a couple of other movies like That Darn Cat, which is a 1965 Disney film, Sin was the title role uh, in that movie. And there's been a couple books, like Bell, Book, and Candle. Piwacket was the name of the Siamese in that. Tao from the novel The Incredible Journey. And Cross Country Cat had a Siamese named Henry. But Siamese have also figured in politics. Siam, which was the very first Siamese in the United States, was part of Rutherford B. Hayes' White House. That was President Hayes, had the first Siamese here in the United States. And then in the 1970s, Gerald Ford, during his presidency, his daughter had a cat named Sean Shine. And following the Ford presidency, when the Carters took over, Amy Carter also had a Siamese cat, Misty Malarkey Ying Yang. So many famous Siamese cats. And that brings us to our close of Siamese cats today. I've hoped you learned a little bit about them. And certainly, like I said, one of my favorite breeds and certainly just a cat that everyone can fall in love with. I want to talk a little bit about zoonotic diseases with you. Now, zoonotic diseases are diseases that we can catch from animals. So from animals to people. And probably the most feared of these would be rabies. And you can get rabies from your cat. Now, luckily, here in the United States, because of our vaccine programs and, uh, and our public health programs, we don't see rabies very often anymore. In fact, most people who contract rabies do so because they've been handling bats and not dogs or cats. But even as recently as the 30s, 40s, and 50s, rabies was still a very, very big concern until we actually got the vaccines out there and started vaccinating our dogs and cats and protecting them. Now, a lot of people are concerned about vaccines. They've heard a lot of bad things. They've heard that, you know, veterinarians vaccinate too much and it can cause cancers and things like that. We'll talk about all that in a future show about the vaccine controversies. But the most important thing you need to do is definitely vaccinate your cat. Talk with your veterinarian about the intervals that are needed. The American Association of Feline Practitioners says that vaccinating a cat for rabies should be done keeping in mind the local regulations because some cities and some states want you to vaccinate every year. But in most cases, you and your veterinarian should come up with a compromise and about every three years vaccinate your cat for rabies. Now, this is not only for outdoor cats. You also need to vaccinate your indoor cats. Rabies is a fatal disease. And I can't stress this enough, people. If you would contract rabies, there's a very, very slim chance that you would survive, especially if you have not or do not undergo any sort of um, prophylactic treatment. There's been one recorded case in history that somebody has survived rabies without getting the, the rabies shots, the vaccines after being bitten. So definitely, let's go ahead and make sure that we get our cats taken care of for that. Most of our other things that we can get from cats revolve around bacteria. Things like um, the MRSA, the methicillin-resistant staphylococcus bacteria that everybody hears about. And yes, pets can have this too. It's a bacteria that's normally kept on the skin and in the nose, in the nasal passages, and people will die from this after they... It, acquire it from a hospital where it's been subjected to so many different antibiotics that now it's just resistant to a lot of different things and it can actually cause problems. The interesting thing about MRSA and our pets is that often it seems that we spread 
the MRSA to our pets and then they start spreading it back to us. It's not a big problem in veterinary medicine. It may get bigger as we understand more about it, but right now just good hygiene. That's the most important thing. Wash your hands, especially after you've handled your cat, especially after you've cleaned the litter box, and certainly before you go to eat something. Just make sure you're washing up and, and taking care of yourself and your cat. If your cat shows any signs at all of being sick, go see your veterinarian. I can't stress that enough either. A lot of times people think that cats are going to hide their disease, that uh, they're going to take care of themselves because of their independent nature. But certainly, we want to make sure that our cats are taken care of. So if you notice that your cat's vomiting, if he seems lethargic, or if they're off food at all, cats need to really eat about every day. Go see your veterinarian. That will help nip things in the bud and hopefully lessen any problems that you might have. Salmonella is another problem that we run into with cats on occasion, but it's not so much the cat's fault as it is that people who decide that they want to feed their cat a raw food diet. Now, we won't get into that debate just yet. That'll be an upcoming show that we can talk about. But salmonella is very prevalent in things like raw chicken. And so if a cat will eat the raw chicken, they may do okay, although there are a couple reports of cats dying from salmonella. But then when they excrete um, their feces, the salmonella is going to be in the feces and also people just don't clean up after themselves well enough most of the time. And so they'll cut the chicken to feed the cat with one knife and then use that knife to you know spread the peanut butter or whatever and spread the salmonella into whatever they are eating. Cutting boards are always a big source of salmonella when you don't clean them in between preparing something like a chicken or, or lettuce or things like that. So we really want to be careful and clean up after ourselves, make sure we clean in between feeding the cat. And we'll talk about the whole raw food commercial diet controversy in an upcoming show. You may not think of parasites as being a, a big problem or causing zoonotic diseases, but fleas can actually cause a problem for you and your family from your cat. There's a bacteria called Bartonella, which causes cat scratch disease. And some people will call this cat scratch fever, but really cat scratch disease is the actual term. And although most people will recover from cat scratch disease without any lasting effects, it can be literally deadly for someone who has a compromised immune system. So if you're pregnant, if you're older, if um, you're taking any kind of chemotherapy or any kind of uh, anti-rejection medication, then your immune system is going to be compromised and could cause a problem. Keep your cat's nails trimmed back, um, keep them flea-free because, again, the bacteria probably comes from fleas, and it's more likely to happen from a kitten than an adult cat. So if you're looking at adopting a cat, you could potentially go to the shelter, pick up a, an adult cat, and the chances of cat scratch disease will diminish greatly. Other parasites that you need to be concerned about, especially if you have children and cats, are going to be roundworms and hookworms. Almost all puppies and kittens are born with roundworms and hookworms, and these can be transmitted to you and your family. Now keep in mind, the eggs and the larvae of these worms are microscopic. You cannot see them. So if, you've, if it's the teenager's responsibility to clean the litter box, you need to make sure that your teenager's washing their hands afterwards, because it is possible that that new kitten could be spreading roundworms into the litter box, and then of course, you know, if your teenagers are like mine, they do what they're supposed to do, and then they run and they go grab something to eat because 
my teenage boys are always eating, but they don't bother to wash their hands. And of course, they're putting the potato chips into their mouth and then they can spread the roundworms that way. About 10,000 people in the United States every year are diagnosed with roundworms. And the Centers for Disease Control down in in Atlanta, Georgia, actually says that that number is pretty low because most human physicians don't think about roundworms in people very much. So my key points here, there are a few diseases that you can pick up from your pets, but usually good hygiene practices, washing your hands and not letting the cat lick your face, uh, not sharing utensils with the cat, things like that will help prevent any of that from happening. And of course, go see your veterinarian anytime that your cat appears to be sick or is off food for whatever reason. That's about it. We are out of time. And I wanted to thank um, the producers and the sponsors for our show today. And I also wanted to let you know that you can feel free to email me at any time with a question or an idea for our show. You can email me at tom at petliferadio.com. Again, Tom at PetLifeRadio.com. And I wanted to say hello and thanks to Doug and Marilyn who have already emailed me. They are going to be getting a Norwegian forest cat. Very cool cat breed, Marilyn. You're absolutely right. And we'll talk about them in a few shows as well. But if you've got some ideas, I would love to hear from them. I will do my best to answer your questions. And if it's health-related, we'll get Dr. Bernadine Cruz, the pet doctor on Pet Life Radio, to join us and see what she has to say about the situation. So thanks a lot for joining us. Go out, let your curiosity run wild, let the fur fly, and come back and see us next time on Catitude at Pet Life Radio. Bye-bye. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.